Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's the Hammer Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. Uh, we'll go straight to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring out one of our favorites, Breitbart political editor Emma Jo Morris. She was calling out Big Tech's, quote, elaborate censorship conspiracy from her reporting on the uh, Hunter Biden laptop from hell during testimony before the House Weaponization Committee last week. What a ride, Emma. Great appearance before that committee. How are you? I'm good. I mean, yeah, you have no idea. That line made its rounds. People like elaborate censorship conspiracies, but like, was it not? Let me <laughs> let me just play my favorite moment, moment, and then we could get into uh, a little bit more from your testimony and who else was there. And um, my favorite moment was when you when you started busted out laughing, kind of at the oh, absurdity. Yeah. Let me, I'm just, oh yeah, the people I, love that. Let, yeah. me, let me just play that moment again here. On October 19th, five days after the Post began publishing, Politico ran a story headlined, Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinfo, dozens of former Intel officials say. God, I can't even say that with a straight face, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Politico printed a letter completely uncritically from veteran members of the U.S. intelligence community falsely claiming that the Post expose has, quote, all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation oh my god <laughs> what an incredible moment um just maybe, oh my god just 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 kind of tell us your overall thoughts of of that hearing on thursday and and what went down yeah well so that moment was obviously not planned um i always dunk on politico and natasha bertrand in real life yeah. like if this ever comes up you know like I will just just be ruthless, and that accidentally happened <laughs> in Congress. <laughs> accidentally, sure, yeah, sure. I came in there with the best of intentions, um, and I just couldn't hold it together because, to me, it's like it's literally beyond parody. I just can't, like, I can't play along with this whole thing, this bit that we're all supposed to do in New York and Washington, where we like take these like these like absurd people seriously. They're clowns, and I just kind of broke character i guess um but, and there you know, were some pretty like big to... named heavy hitters that signed that document that said you're reporting and that the laptop was russian I disinfo mean, quote unquote alleged i think it's russian disinformation to call these people heavy hitters these are bureaucrats <laughs> true spooks who like have like these really like these suits filled with air and um they're not serious people. Like they're obviously not serious people. Um, they say stupid things to an obedient press that will publish those claims uncritically. And I'm supposed to think that that's impressive. So when you finished basically laughing into their faces, take us through what happens after that, because we can only see, you know, what's being recorded. And when the cameras are on, when you're done and you're walking out or you're leaving the, the hearing, break. there was a break in between. Right. right. Yeah. Are people giving you the side eye or people giving you crap? How did it go? Um, to be honest, like I wasn't chilling with them um, during the break. If you really want the uh, the inside story, and um, I went to go find something to eat, and then came back. 
I don't like love Washington, as I'm sure you could imagine. <laughs> I don't love socializing in that town. Um, I much prefer New York or literally anywhere. You know, if you want to know what I really prefer, it's going out. You know, when Breitbart sends me out on the road to talk to our readers and, and I'm in Ohio or I'm in Texas or I'm literally anywhere else, South Carolina, um, those are the people who I like to spend time and, and talk with. But when I'm in D.C., I'm very I'm all business. I'm kind of like, OK, where's the coffee machine? And can I get like a cup of fruit or something before I have to go deal with Dan Goldman? <laughs> yeah, that was that was my next question. Okay, because so you and some other people, including RFK, you were sitting next to RFK Jr., which I thought we could talk about that in a minute. I thought he was a kind of a huge distraction, and the de- Democrats yeah. used him as a distraction. But yeah, the the congressman out of New York, Goldman, I think was his name, tried to go after you a little bit. Oh, Al Bundy, giving you crap. <laughs> yeah, it does look like Al Bundy. <laughs> oh, totally. That was nuts. That was a conspiracy. Like, what was he so saying? I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this guy here. I'll give you like we're chilling. You know, I'll I'll give you what what's what's up. <laughs> I'm looking at this guy, and he obviously is trying to uh, paint me into a corner. And you know, I'm sure your listeners kind of know me by now. Like, typically, I would I would like kind of scrap with him, except that in this setting, he controls the time. Yeah. So. As much as I engage with him, he can control how much time I have to speak and cut me off at, at any time he wants. So I, it's not a fair fight because I don't get to finish a sentence. So I was looking at him and kind of thinking, all right, I'm going to, I know the, the road he's going down and I thought that he would do that. I even thought of the article he was going to reference and knew he was going to reference it because he's so banal and so predictable. Um, and I, in the moment, though, I thought to myself, you know what? If I give him anything here, it's just going to be used as rope. So sure. I'm going to go with the yes or no question route and let him go down whatever road he wants, which is obviously dumb. With, and the road that he did go on, which uh, was the Russian disinformation road, which is absurd. He goes, um, did you have the physical laptop or a hard drive? <laughs> and, you know, obviously I had a hard drive because the FBI has a physical laptop. So I answer. And then he's like, Rudy, wasn't Rudy like talking to Russians? And I'm like, I guess. <laughs> and, you know, so he's, so he's questioning your... Kind of imply that I, I had a tampered hard drive. But, but the thing that was so stupid, which I would have said if I would have had the, the stage and, and control over my own you know, ability to speak was... We didn't do the route of a forensic audit of this hard drive. I reported on like six emails and the whole contact list was on the laptop. So we just called the recipients, including Hunter Biden, by the way, of all of these emails that we were reporting on and just said, hey, listen, Tony Bobolinsky, you're on this email. Does this sound familiar to you? I'm going to read you something. (laughs) And that was how we did it, including to Hunter Biden. And when we called Hunter's lawyer, he just gave this kind of expletive laden response about Rudy and did not deny a single thing. Yeah, and by the way, what's it matter where you got the hard drive? The source is not the story here. Well, exactly. And I wrote like a scathing kind of scorched earth thread on Twitter about that because I had some troll going there. And typically I don't really engage with trolls. And I actually don't have very many of them. But um, I took this one 
um, the bait on this and I answered because they were trying to do this Rudy thing. And I just am so sick of that critique because it comes from a place of such ignorance that it actually makes you sick. Um, there is no rule in journalism that a source matters. There is, so, you know, I bring this up, this, this example up all the time. Um, with the New York Times, where the New York Times got mailed Trump's tax returns from some anonymous source, and they did not know the identity of that source. So you can't get any less credible than that when the journalist themselves and the editor themselves doesn't know who the source is, because you can't even begin to speculate on motive. It could be from Satan himself. (laughs) Right. but it's fine. That's fine. Well, it was because the laptop. called the, you're doing, it, was, it was called the laptop from hell. To be fair, right? So it right. could have been from right. Satan. Yeah, but you know, all that matters when you're a journalist. What I mean to say is, is this information true? And is this information like you know newsworthy and of public interest? If the answers to those questions are yes. And you have the full story. You know, obviously, uh, this is not talking about somebody giving you, like, one piece of information and, and the person's totally political. But, I mean, if you, you're in my circumstance, let's say, where you have the whole hard drive and there's no room for somebody who is political or has a motive to manipulate the information. And you can verify that that information is true in a public interest. The source does not – there's no relevance. It, there, it right. doesn't matter. And, and I published who the source was, which I did not have to do. Emma Jo Morris of Breitbart with us here on the Hammer and Nigel show. So, million dollar question here. Do you think anything will happen as a result of that hearing, your testimony? What's going to happen next, if anything? So, honestly, like, you know, if the testimony is used to inform legislation, which I hope that it will be, I hope that I get, I had a line that it said hundreds of members of the intelligence community are still working at social media. I hope Congress heard that line because that is critical. That means that this can just go on and, and, and the apple cart still rolls. And, you know, if there is will and, and, um, effort by Congress to, to really try to do some reforms, I think that some reforms can be accomplished, but honestly, it's going to be, it's going to be kind of tinkering with it in, a, in, in something that needs to be, like, totally overhauled. I think what it's going to take is a president with the political will yeah. to go into the intelligence community and go into these offices and say, like, we're burning this place down. And we need to figure out who in here is ethical, who in here is unethical, and get the unethical people out now. Because this is obviously unethical. It's possible, and I think it's true, actually, that there, there were no laws technically broken here, although there's a federal judge, apparently, that believes otherwise. But, you know, yeah, like, yep. I could see how they can justify it legally. And so if they're doing that, we need to restaff these places with people who understand that you can not only not violate the First Amendment, but you also can't totally violate the spirit of the First Amendment, which this obviously did, obviously. And that's why they can, didn't come out and say it. One That's more thing before secretly. Yeah, one more thing before we let you go here. You got about ninety seconds. Uh, the Biden big week for the Biden crime family, and especially uh, Hunter Biden, and pleading not guilty. The judge thought the whole plea deal was BS. Sounds like the DOJ and Hunter's lawyers were kind of in cahoots uh, on on some level. Just your overall big picture of what happened this week with that with that plea deal. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. That's exactly right. So, like, the judge, like, looks at the plea deal and is like, wait a second, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and that's it. It's like it gives the impression that the DOJ and the Biden team were kind of 
I don't know if they were working together. I can't make that claim with any certainty, um, and I don't want to speculate, but let's say it was a very favorable deal for Hunter that no other person on Earth would get. And the, right. and the and future drug- immunity. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. No, it was, to- it was totally absurd. But here's the thing. This, play- this thing is going on in D.C. That's Hunter's home turf. And not only is it Hunter's home turf, but that place is the most incestuous yes. situation you could ever imagine. Everybody is friends. Everybody goes to the same cocktail parties. And we're all one big, happy, weird family. And um, and that's what you get in D.C. I mean, I don't understand how they're trying in there. Obviously, that itself is a conflict of interest. His father is the president. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, Really good stuff. Uh, Breitbart political editor, Emma Jo Morris. Have a great weekend, and we'd love to have you back as soon as possible. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. It's always a pleasure.